This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. Take all your applications, put them into one electronic form, ha- send that electronic form to your client, and Indio software will populate back to all those applications. Yeah, I'm going to add, um, I was just on the NetView income forum, and somebody had asked a question about Indio, and current user uh, wrote this back. I just copied it out. We are using Indio and absolutely love it. It's a way of automating, managing, and streamlining the application process. Uh, so that's from an actual user. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast. Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Welcome back to the Digital Broker Podcast. I'm Steve Anderson, along here with my co-host, Ryan Deeds, and uh, it's a a great day here in Nashville. Uh, Ryan, glad to have uh, us back and uh, our listeners, and I'm actually really excited about our guest today, and to introduce him, I'm going to Turn it over to you. Well, I'm excited, too, because uh, he's one of the few folks that are my job that can fire me. So, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so, we, so be careful what you say. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know, we're lucky. We live in Nashville, which is a very vibrant community. And I've been at the Crichton Group for the last five years. And one of the reasons that I came there is there was a young team that was buying out the 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 older owners um, and the older owners had done a great job they had grown it very well it made it an attractive offer and so I'm lucky today to be joined with with Cooper Jones um, who is the the president really the the boss of the agency today he's in all <laughs> the all the all the meetings and he, he makes the the main decisions and so uh, Coop, kind of just introduce yourself tell us about your journey you know and how did you get into insurance uh, um, how did you come to be the, where you are today? Yeah, for sure. Thank you guys for having me. Um, you know, it's it's. I, I've been fortunate to land where I did. I you know I was I was actually selling staffing for uh, about two years prior to and was getting married and quite honestly uh, did not want to move from Nashville. So I was looking for a career and something I could stay long term. Um, and landed in the insurance business. I had no idea what it was other than I had to buy car insurance at the time. So that was it. So I was fortunate enough to, to come on board at the Crichton Group. Um, at that time, we had between 15 and 20 people and were about uh, $4 million in revenue. So pretty small shop. Um, you know, we, we had a couple, to Ryan's point, two guys, Bob Jackson and Jimmy Ward, um, that were our majority shareholders. And uh, really had a great vision to grow, and uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to get on that team and be part of it. Um, I started my career really as a uh, property and casualty producer, which I, which I say I still am today. That's the most important thing that we do um, is generate revenue. So uh, that's still you know, part of what I do every day. Today, we finished last year right at about $22 million in revenue and have about 105 people. That has been a really fun journey. Um, for me, my specialty is really healthcare, not for profits, and social service from an insurance perspective. But quite honestly, the industry has been so good to me and, and, the, and the people 
that I have been lucky enough to meet and mentor under um, have really just shown me a lot. And, and from the standpoint of uh, the agency perspective, I just enjoy the industry, quite honestly. Um, love to see young people coming into it. Um, love to try to provide an environment where those folks can grow with us and uh, and take care of our clients at the end of the day. That's really it. But we're lucky to have Ryan on the team, too. I, I will tell you, he's he's a big part of what we're doing. Um, he obviously has my ear. Quite honestly, from the standpoint of our whole operations team, is really just an effective unit that, that allows me to do what I need to do to grow the business, uh, but at the same time, uh, take care of our clients in an institutional way. Yeah, as I was thinking about this podcast, you know, I was thinking about our team specifically a lot and, you know, all the different teams that I've worked with. And I, I really do. Our operations team is pretty magical. Where we are today and, and what our leadership has enabled, it, it's just a fun place to to be a part of and to watch us grow. And so, you know, as, as you look back at, at being a young producer and coming up through the ranks, you know, was your original goal to, to be an owner? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that was uh, Jimmy Ward, who's our CEO and and, and uh, one of my mentors, um, really did a great job kind of when I was asking him about the business. And quite honestly, we had coffee probably two or three times, and I didn't know what I was getting into. Uh, but I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur to some extent. So I was looking at real estate, stocks, all this stuff, and just had no idea. And quite honestly, the most unfamiliar was how it was the insurance business. And uh, so Jimmy said, well, well, let me paint you a picture. He said, look, you want to be an entrepreneur, right? And I said, absolutely. He said, well, why don't you come into our company and start your own business within our company? Mm -hmm. And if you make that profitable um, and you do a great job and you're a good corporate citizen and you do all those other things, you'll have an opportunity to buy into the larger corporation. So uh, absolutely from day one, um, I would tell you that was something that, that I was trying to do. You know, it's it's not easy to get there, though. I will say that it's not easy to get there. But. And so, when you went with your cadre coming in, you know, you were uh, 13, 14 years back. You're a young producer hustling. There was others around you that that probably had the same ideas that maybe didn't that their vision didn't matriculate as well as yours. What what do you think the key differentiator between the, uh, somebody who is is building that book? Get, able to get the revenue to be able to purchase for somebody who just kind of lingers and languishes? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I think for, for one, it's been 16 years, unfortunately. So, I mean, or fortunately, however you look at it. Um, but, you know, for me, it comes down to commitment. Um, quite honestly, you get a lot of good producers that can potentially come in as a job and make money. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you want to truly be an owner, um, you got to have a commitment to the industry. You got to have a commitment to the employees that are there, and uh, and a commitment to the clients across the board. So yes, you have to be able to produce the revenue, um, but quite frankly, even more important than that to me, you've got to be willing to commit to everything else, and people have to be able to respect you. So from a producer, I've obviously never been a producer. I've worked with them a lot. Is a successful producer one that knows insurance inherently, or is a sex successful producer one that understands the businesses of the client, the problems and the issues? And has that changed from back in the day to where we are today? I mean, how do you see that? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's two things. I, I think one, um, a really good producer definitely has to understand insurance from a standpoint, and not necessarily the inherent details of the policies. But understanding what their organization brings as value to that client to solve problems. So 
to me, they almost are more of a quarterback than kind of an executor, um, if that makes sense. And uh, and I think the really good ones um, are able to do that. From a business perspective, I think one of the toughest things for us to teach and for individual producers, especially newer, younger producers, to grasp is business acumen. And I, and I think that's something that a lot of us have learned just through trying and failing, right? So, I mean, um, quite honestly, is my leadership position in the agency has really helped me be a better producer. And uh, in that, it's because you're really, truly talking about business problems and how we fit in. So, so can you explain a little bit more what you mean by business acumen? Yeah, I mean, you know, our approach from a sales perspective is a needs-based approach. So, I mean, a producer's job, in my opinion, is to go out and ask really great, great questions, to identify problems um, that a potential company or, or prospect would have, to bring that back to our office and for us to really look and say, what are some things that we can do to provide that solution? And then the producer's job is to go back out, deliver that solution, and that solution's got to be quantifiable. Um, I, I don't think the days of, hey, look, we're going to do this, and we'll see you next year, those are over. So I, I would say that um, the ability to deliver that quantifiable solution, and, you know, at the end of the day, people are buying trust, right? So, I mean, the, the, the producer has got to be comfortable enough in their own skin and do it their way, at the same time delivering the value of the agency, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. And you have a vested interest in seeing producers succeed, I mean, on multiple levels. One, to provide growth for the organization, but for the other is to set yourself up for the future so you can have, you know, some traditional perpetuation strategies, yep. right? And, you know, if there is one or two key things, if we have producers listening out there that, that you have seen that are indicative of a successful producer, what are that? And then inversely, two or three things that you've seen that you're like, you know, that is just never going to work. That person's never going to be able to, 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 to bridge the gap. Uh, wh- what are those, I mean, that our listeners can take away? Yeah, I mean, I, I think one from a producer standpoint, especially a newer one, is sense of urgency. I mean, they have to have it. They have to be driven for some reason or other, but that they truly enjoy the job and that they have a sense of urgency that they're going to go solve customers or prospects' problems, not focus on the commission. Um, if they're people that are coming in every day saying, I got to make X amount of dollars, they, they will never be successful. So I would say a sense of urgency from that perspective. Um, and then, two, I think specialization helps a lot. Um, you know, quite honestly, um, 25, 26-year-old person, I mean, if you at least give them a roadmap in an industry and they can learn that, I think their their pace um, of success is a lot faster, in my opinion. Yeah, and we see that. I mean, we, we see all over the place agencies niching out, you know, for multiple reasons. I think, yeah. one, so we can provide that depth of expertise, you know, at a scalable value. Absolutely. You know, it, Absolutely. It, well, you know, I mean, look, if consolidation in our industry is, is doing a lot of things, right? I mean, it's driving multiples, but... Quite honestly, and we talk about this all the time from at our agency, um, it's changing competition, right? There's less in numbers, but everybody's getting better. So, again, if we're going to go out and compete with, you know, the big brokers, the regional guys, the private equity firms that, that have an extensive amount of money, we've got to figure out where we're going to go play. 
and uh, and really invest in those spots and be committed to it. So and have focus. Right? I mean, Absolutely. You got, yeah. I, and resources. That's right. That's right. No doubt about it. And then, no I mean, I think it. that goes along with the enablement. You know, as I look at the, the layers, you know, you've got your leadership layer that sets strategy and vision. This is where I want you to go. You've got your operational layer that's kind of enacting that and doing the grunt work to get there. And then you have the staff that are kind of following the path that the operations team. And so all three of those kind of have to gel. If anything is off there, you get all kind of mixed up. And to your point, I think you absolutely, that's why you have to continue to have focus. I mean, you, you got to get everybody on the same page playing the same game. And for us, I mean, I think transparency is key in that. Mm-hmm. I think letting people know where you're going and why you're going there. I think a consistent message of why growth is important and how it actually benefits the individual employees as well. Because look, I mean, one of the biggest issues facing our industry is the talent gap, right? And so people are staying places for shorter periods of time, and our industry is aging at a pretty rapid pace. So um, you've got to be able to provide opportunity within the agency for people to do different things. And the only way to provide that is to grow. So I think that that's I think that's another part for us, for sure. And, and growth there isn't just revenue growth, but it's what that growth can provide in terms of different types of departments. Or you say the niche markets, I'm, I have a more interest in this than that, uh, and provide a, a career path, uh, which we've talked quite a bit about um, as being a real key to retaining at least people longer. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> you know, I read a book, and it, I, I think it was the uh, – she was the HR director at Netflix. But, you know, I mean, from the standpoint, sometimes you have those employees that you think are great and like totally really happy, and then they leave. And you look up and you're like, man, what did we do wrong? Did we screw something up? Did we not provide? And sometimes it's just the right thing for them to change. But I think for us in that book, there was a quote that basically said, look, you want to be a great place to be from. So if we focus every day on providing a great place for our employees from a growth perspective, career pathing perspective, production perspective, I think we'll win more than we lose, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but definitely it's a focus for us and a key part of growth. Because, again, I mean, there's two parts of growth, right? you got to write new business, but you got to keep what you have as well. So uh, those and people certainly are – Certainly in our industry, you know – my experience over the years has been we focus a lot on the new business and maybe not as much on the retention. We sort of assume it's going to stay. Yeah. And um, I frankly think too many agencies don't actually really know their true retention because uh, they don't measure it or they think it's better than it actually is. And oh, so that's good. that customer experience. What? And, and back to your point where you said we can't just say we're going to do this. We actually have to do it Absolutely. and demonstrate here's what we've done. Absolutely. So so how do you approach that just from a, a retention mindset, not just new business? Yeah, I mean, I think for us, I mean, again, if, if the producer's going out to deliver a quantifiable solution, right, we got to make sure we can do it. And again, that's why I think specialization's very important um, because at that point, at least you know you have the resources and you know what you can replicate to your point to have scale. But it, it's, you know, retention's key. I mean, it, it is absolutely Cheaper. key. I mean, you know, if, you know, if you're paying those 40% to new and you're losing that after a year and you're not tracking that. But I think, like you said, Steve, it, knowing retention's a big deal, 
But to get to no retention, you've got to have data quality. To have data quality, you have to have leadership that puts an importance upon that, that pushes that down. And so it's funny how the end result is so far distant from the behavior that has to be put in place to make that tangible. Um, so, I, you know, as you think through where where Crichton has come from and how you used to sell and today how a producer sells and the capabilities that are being requested of us, what 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 is what are those key differences? I mean, in my head, you know, I, I think I envision back in the heyday of, of insurance, all business was done on the golf course and, you know, it was who, who goes to the biggest place. And today it seems so much different. As you said, we're having larger competitors come into different spaces. We're after change our value proposition. And, and I mean, talk through that. If you're, if you're trying to quantify the value of of an agency, specifically ours, what what is the advantage of that, and how do you help your producers articulate that to their clients? Yeah, I mean, I I think that's a really loaded question because there's a lot going on in that. Um, but but I would say this: I think um, you really need to know what your ideal customer looks like because at the end of the day, we were talking earlier. I mean, look, I mean, sometimes you got to walk away from good business, and not necessarily that it's it's just not right for you. So to continue to drive that to producers and to make them understand that, hey, it really benefits you to go find the great ones that fit what we're doing, that I would say is a big part of it. But from it, a, Isn't that really hard to communicate? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I say that here, but I mean, you want to go back to our office and try to tell them? To, right, right. Um, Especially those new producers who are coming in who no are doubt. just hungry. and No doubt. Yeah. And, I, and I think you do have to give them some leeway to get started. Um, to have some of those at bats where, you know, you've been through the drills before and you can look at them and tell them, hey, look, man, I know how this game ends and it's right. not well for you. You got to let them figure some of that out themselves. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it definitely is a journey. I mean, I think, you know, you got different stages from a producer perspective. I think you got different stages from an account manager standpoint. So um, you got to support them kind of where, where they are. So definitely. But you know, it's it's challenging. How do you see the um, I, producer role changing? And so again, we we had a you know yeah. discussion before we started, and and you made a comment about um, the client being a client of the agency, not a client of the producer. Yeah. Uh, so say that again. Yeah, and no, let's I, I expand think on that a, a know, little I mean, bit. I think that's kind of to Ryan's point. Yeah, I mean, yeah it, how it used to be versus how it is today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even 16 years ago when I started, I mean, typically, I mean, the goal was you went out, you called on an account for X number of years, you end up writing the account and you service the account for 30 to 40 years. I mean, that's how the business has been built. Um, if you're going to go play upstream in more of the middle market space, um, you've really got to give great salespeople the time and resources to sell and give great proactive client service people the time and resources to service. And, um, and those are two totally different things. Um, so I would say at the end of the day that the biggest difference in that is the separation of sales and service and how you communicate that to the prospect or client. The big brokers have been doing that for a long time. And uh, I think the difference with us is, especially if it's local companies and local middle market business you're going after, you have the resources here. So quite honestly, a lot of the story we tell prospects and tell clients is, yes, somebody can fly in on a plane and say they're an expert. But at the end of the day, who's going to do the work? 
And so for us, I think that's a true competitive advantage that we've got localized resources that are here. Now, again, that's back to the point of figuring out where do you compete best? So, I mean, if you got a young producer that gets a prospect in Seattle somewhere, not saying we can't do it and not saying that if it's the exact right opportunity and there's a relationship, et cetera, but is that the best place for us to use our time always? And so I think it's being committed to that and then just being committed to that whole sales service model. Uh, but at the end of the day, I view a you know a producer's role um, is really like a pilot, right? I mean, it's for takeoffs, in-flight emergencies, and landings. And at the end of the day, that's kind of that's where they should be and what they ought to be doing all the time. So, how do you structure that? On I would say in a practical basis. I mean, is there a transition from sales to a service team? Is there? I mean, what? How do you go about? encouraging that or making that happen? Yeah, I think that, you know, and <laughs> I wish I could give you an easy answer that well, snapped our fingers. First of all, I mean, yeah, no, you have to. I mean, I, I think you have to be committed to it and being willing to invest in the right people that can do it. Because the time that it is to do that. I mean, no doubt. There's an inflection point there that, that makes good sense to no change doubt. from that producer-centric model. No doubt. And at the end of the day, it's quite honestly easier for new clients where the challenge becomes are clients that you've had forever that have been used to doing it this way. Right. And so that takes time to, to – tra- always being able to call Cooper. Correct. Right. And so that takes time to transition. I mean, you don't just drop them off and say, here's your person. Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for example, I mean, I've got a guy that works with me. Uh, he's now director of our human services practice group, Rob Sintel. Um, but Rob's been with us a little over eight years. Um, he has done a fantastic job. But he's handled a lot of my stuff. Now he's the director of the practice group, so not just an account executive. Um, But for us, I mean, it was a two- to three-year transition of consistently showing up together and consistently just saying, here, look, this is why he's doing what he's doing, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. But but a hard part for producers, especially senior ones, is to let go and give the account executive the ability to do it their way versus trying to do it both ways because at the end of the day when that happens – Client gets confused and frustrated. So you got to be committed to it, and you got to invest in the resources. So one of the things that you said that I think is critical, and something Steve and I talk about a lot, is you have to give your account managers, your producers, the time to be able to deliver the customer service. I what I hear there though is there's operational stuff that you've taken off the desks, figured out how to take elsewhere, and been able to allocate that time for them and say, hey, you have more time to give the advice to provide that value. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean I. I mean, you know, I mean, we've spent two to three years really focused on that. And quite honestly, I mean, that, that kind of goes back to the value discussion. Um, you know, I mean, to, the value of an agency 15, 20 years ago, they saw themselves as how quickly could they uh, fulfill a service request. Those days are over. So how can we take that stuff that we have to do and the process work that we've got to do offload that and still do it effectively, consistently, and accurately, but hire better client-facing proactive service professionals to spend time there, that's where value come from, comes from, in my opinion. Well, and I, and I have to say, the department that Ryan runs, there are three people? There's two right now. There's yeah. two right now, no. but you had three? We did. We okay. did, yeah. Okay. Uh, and one was a programmer? One was a programmer, and I mean, we still leverage outside programming services when we need to, and so there was a commitment to that. Well, and that's my point in bringing that up in terms of, you know, 
agency your size, that's a pretty big commitment for those types of resources. But obviously, you've seen return. I guess, one, was that hard when you were trying to make those decisions of, of those hires, right, that uh, we're hiring a programmer? I mean, I, I can see most agency no, yeah. owners go, are you kidding me? Well, I think we did a few times. Uh, you know, I mean, I think, but, you know, I think that kind of speaks to our culture from the standpoint of wanting folks to challenge. And so, I mean, to Ryan's credit um, and to, to Tracy's credit and to Carrie's credit and to Kay's credit, everybody, Alan's credit, everybody on that leadership team, they, they're they know they have the ability to challenge us. And at the end of the day, I'm not saying we're going to do everything they ask, but we'll, if it makes sense and we think it's worth trying, we'll try it. Um, so I think that's where that all started. Um, I mean, a big thing for me is failing fast. Mm. So, I mean, from the standpoint of, uh, especially on that operational stuff, um, if we can try some things, right? I mean, but if it's not working, we're going to figure out it's not working quickly. You have your metrics, what does success look right. like? What does failure look like? And I mean, as we know, we're, we're a mesh in a bunch of these. One last question. We're going to wrap it up yeah. here in a minute. But okay, so when you came on, Jimmy Ward was the, the owner and you were gonna, and, and Bob was there and you were going to buy it out, right? Yeah. As you look to your future in the next 10 or 15 years, did, did they have a lot of different options to perpetuate that, or was that was how it was done back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, yes, I mean, typically, but but quite honestly, I mean, perpetuation, we've become somewhat of a victim of our own success, right? Because back in, you know, in those times, I mean, a, a large agency was 4 to $5 million in revenue, mm-hmm. maybe 10. Um, well, and they were trading at, I don't know, call it four times, you know, three to tops at six, that's a completely different financial transaction than than there is today. So, yes, that was the only way to do it back then. I think uh, there are other options that are out there now. Well, yeah, as, um, I mean, and as you look at the future and options for agencies as a whole, yeah. I mean, not just with Crichton, you know, now you uh, talk us through some of the different ways that you're seeing these organizations be able to internally perpetuate with outside help where it's not because back in the day, I think it was internal or you got sold. Yeah. Right. And today you see some hybrid models yeah, and different there, things. I mean, there, there's some some private equity money that's that, that's out there that will take. Uh, typically a majority stake at least. There are few I've heard that will do minority stuff, but you're typically going to take a hit on the multiple there. Uh, but there's family offices. There's pension money. I mean, there, there, there's some long-term stuff there that makes sense. Uh, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you perpetuate in any of those models, and again, I'm not advocating those, sure, those aren't good options, uh, but at the end of the day, you definitely – There's a lot of options. There's an option, but you give up control. Right. And so at the end of the day, I mean, you, you do give that up to an extent. So, But there, there, there are definitely more options today than there were. And, and But growing a producer is not a one-year thing, right? I mean, for us to have a producer come – if I'm talking to an agency about perpetuation, they're like, yeah, I'm going to be out of the game in five years but I, and I want to internally perpetuate. I'm going to bring in a producer in two years and he's going to buy me out. If they're of any size, that's not legitimate, right? No, I think you have to be consistent with it. So, I mean, you just got to consistently hire people and, again – have a metric in place to measure success and be very open, transparent, and honest. Are they hitting those goals and are they not? And if they're not fits, you got to move on to the next one because, because again, you have to continue to hire those folks. Well, it's been so awesome just having, you know, we, we Steve and I talk about insurance agencies all the time. And we talk about what we hope principals and owners uh, think. And so we just really appreciate your time today coming in. And uh, I think it's been cool. And, um... 
you know, it's just great uh, for me, you know, looking at your organization from the outside and, and really seeing a different mindset than what I see in a lot of agencies. Even your comment about failing fast, that is not a common mindset in agencies. It's we've never done it that way, so we're not going to try it. Uh, and I think all of those things are leading to your growth, your success, you know, and those kinds of things. So my, uh, it's great to have you here yeah, well, and really appreciate it. for having me and uh, y'all are doing awesome stuff. So appreciate it. Well, thanks. thanks a lot. Great. I do love one, one, one last comment for all the, the folks who implement technology out there. There's nothing better in an agency to have a leveraged owner. Right, an owner that has a lot of debt that needs to move that stock value, but from an implementation and change uh, agent of change, that is what you want. And so, in, in our agency, I've got a couple of those guys that that have to move that needle, and and it makes some of that stuff easier. So, as you look at agencies to work with, I would always evaluate that: who has the money, who has the debt, and what needs to happen to, to make it roll. To make it roll. It's that incentive, right? Absolutely. Well, yeah. I mean, that'll, that'll get you out of bed in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It totally will. Hey, great. It's been a great conversation. Thanks, Cooper. Thanks. Cool. Thank you, guys. This has been another episode of the Digital Broker Podcast with Steve Anderson and Ryan Deeds. Send us your questions and comments. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio software helps agencies save time and money by turning the application and renewal process into digitally enhanced online forms. To learn why over a thousand agents use Indio, go to www.useindio.com/podcast.